0: If you're holding on to painful things, and if you're um, holding on to bitterness or anger, that's affecting you. That's your blood pressure. That's your stress level. Mm-hmm. That's your family relationships mm-hmm. where you're being irritable or sarcastic or or toxic to Passive the people aggressive. around you. Passive mm-hmm. aggressive, exactly. So really, I use the acronym toxic mm-hmm. to help people remember um, how primitive thought processes, especially after you've had so much trauma, it's terrorizing, oppressive, extreme, intense, and chaotic. Mm. So you can feel when you're thinking in a toxic level or when you're in a toxic space. Welcome to the I Am Worthy podcast,
1: where we don't believe
2: in choosing between this or that, but instead we are worthy of it all. I am your host, Brittany Noel, and despite being a licensed therapist, I know better than anybody what it's like to struggle with the doubt and fears behind the pursuit of your success in life, love, and your purpose. So join me as I uncover the secrets to becoming unapologetically worthy so that you can have, do, and be all things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the I Am Worthy podcast. I am very excited that you guys are here. And this conversation was inspired by one of my Tuesday night lives. If you guys follow me on Instagram, I go, I go live every Tuesday night. And everybody had questions about what does it mean to create healthy relationships with toxic and dysfunctional family members? How do you set boundaries? How do you evolve into the next level of who you're gonna be but you're not surrounded by people who can really support you in that. So that's what I want to talk about today. I think after this video, a lot of people are going to realize that, okay, I've been living in some dysfunction. I've been tolerating Mm -hmm. some dysfunction. Um, And people think, okay, the first step is for me to just remove this person from my life. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately that's not always. Not always feasible. (laughs) Exactly. Especially when we're talking about, you know, having to co-parent, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or this is my actual mother, or my father, or this is mm-hmm. my sister, mm-hmm. right? So these are not people that we can just, you know, act like we don't—they they don't exist. Sure, <laughs> they're very real. They're yeah. going to be at the family reunion. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yes, you will see them again. <laughs> you will see them again. Yeah. So I can't just act like they don't exist. I have to actually address the problem. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, it took me a while. When I left my mother's home, I didn't talk to her for a year. Mm. It took me a while. Because I was uh, 16, and I was focusing on graduating um, from from high school. That was my only focus. I just wanted to graduate so I could leave leave Austin as fast as possible mm-hmm. um, to put distance between myself sure. and my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me a while. In fact, it wasn't even until I was a in a freshman in undergrad to where I started to question okay, Brittany, what are you going to do about this? Because you can't keep acting like.
0: Like like she don't exist.
2: (laughs) Right. Or that everything is okay.
0: Right. Because. It was not okay. It
2: was never okay. Yeah. Right. So for me, reaching that point to where I was able to start addressing the problem, it didn't start with me having a conversation with her. Mm -hmm. It started with having a, a conversation with myself about whether or not I was
0: going to forgive her. If you're holding on to painful things and if you're um, holding on to bitterness or anger, that's affecting you. That's your blood pressure. That's your stress level. Mm -hmm. That's your family relationships Mm -hmm. where you're being irritable or sarcastic or or toxic to the people around you. Passive Mm -hmm. aggressive, exactly. So really, I use the acronym toxic Mm -hmm. to help people remember Um, How primitive thought processes, especially after you've had so much trauma, it's terrorizing, oppressive, extreme, intense, and chaotic. Mm. So you can feel when you're thinking in a toxic level or when you're in a toxic space.
2: Absolutely. Because my me not forgiving her kept me in a bitter space mm-hmm. because when you don't forgive, you harness all of that mm-hmm. anger <laughs>
0: and
2: that, yeah. a- and, and since I wasn't displacing it her way, yeah. I was putting it on everybody else. Yeah. Right? You, you, you skip me in line. Yeah. Okay. What is your I problem? Mean, I mean, you okay? take this, you, you take this, <laughs> this anger. person you... gets this much, yeah. that person gets this much. Yeah. And so what I, the conversation I had to have with myself was Brittany, is this who you're going to be?
0: Mm-hmm. because
2: if 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 you want to stay this angry bitter person cool yeah right but that stops you from being the loving person that you are yeah right so I had to have a conversation okay fine I forgive you. I will forgive her yeah. okay I will forgive her yeah but that meant learning who she was as a woman mm. and it taught me that I needed to empathize with her
0: mm. and I
2: know empathy is one thing that you teach on
0: yes trauma the- hurts empathy heals I truly believe in the power of empathy to help us heal from trauma. And I define empathy as not just putting yourself in the other person's shoes or being emotionally connected to the situation or the conversation. Empathy is being willing to take the other person's perspective, where their mind, where their experience because see, if I come in with my little size seven and a halves and you have a size nine, and I put your shoe on, I go, oh, well, you just need smaller shoes. I see your problem. And that's what a lot of us do. We come in we, when we're trying to help other people. We come in from, well, this is what I would do. Well, we're not looking at what you would do. Absolutely. We're looking at what has that person been through? Mm. What was their life like? Who hurt them? What was done to them that they would behave in the way that they behave? What life experiences did they have? What challenges were placed in front of them? What invisible walls did they run into? Mm-hmm. Who violated their boundaries right. that they would be so clueless about them that they will violate yours? And by understanding our biology and understanding how difficult it is to wrestle this animal, this thing right here is powerful. Mm-hmm. And we think of ourselves as advanced because we have advanced technology, but we don't have advanced understanding about this. Wonderful, amazing, powerful technology that is us. Right, and when you have empathy for another person for what they've been through, you w- you won't agree with what they did to you or what they said to you, but you can understand where it came from. Absolutely, and in that understanding comes the forgiveness mm-hmm. because you can say, "Well, I understand why you throw the word bitch around. You don't think that's a big deal because all the people in your life were saying you bitch and you this and you that." But I've learned now that that causes pain and damage on the inside of me so not only am I gonna um, set boundaries to keep you from doing that to me but I'm going to set boundaries with myself to not call somebody else a bitch even if they call me one or not give that same behavior to my children or my family in my anger right because often sometimes we will say I never do that I'll never be like that you know blah 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 blah. blah. that person did that to me but in our angry moments when that amygdala is going we allow ourselves to do and say things and then we go, oh, I really didn't mean that. But the damage is still done.
2: Absolutely. yeah. And I learned that because by the time I was in college, I had, you know, I was already in the toxic uh, relationship that I was in, right? And so I'm looking at how that's affecting me. And I realized, I was like, oh, Brittany, you're doing the same thing she did. Yeah. (laughs) You're reacting the same way she did. Yeah. The only difference is that you don't have five children.
0: Right. Right. Right? And if you did, you'd be stressed out even more. Who knows what behaviors you might have been showing or acting on. And that's why um, I I teach the love skill. So I'll tell you, I say empathy is love in action. Mm. And it's so interesting to me that people naturally connect the words love and empathy. But the love skill, the L is listen and look with suspended judgment. What do I mean by suspended judgment? Your brain is constantly making micro-calculations. So all of us are judgmental. It cracks me up when people say, I'm not judgmental. I'm like, mm, biologically, that's an biologically, impossibility. we are yeah, constantly we, making judgments. Constantly making judgments. But your bubble of perception, your understanding of a situation is going to be superficial because you never can really know fully what another person's experience is or what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even what you observe of them from the outside, or right. even if you talk to them for an hour, you still don't have the full picture. Absolutely. So put your little bubble of perception to the side and then, oh, observe the emotions in yourself and the other person. That's one thing we're not taught to do is be cognizant of our emotions, how we're feeling in the moment, whether it's uncomfortable or embarrassed or guilty or fearful or angry. Mm -hmm. Actually putting words to those emotions and recognizing what might be invisibly going on inside of that other person really does help you to uh, process and respond better to what's happening in real time. So the V is validate the differing but equal perspectives involved. Mm. Now, a lot of people like I can't validate that they're saying this, that, and it's stuff that I don't agree with. Validation is not agreement. Absolutely. Validation is I understand why you think of it the way that you do. I understand why that's your perspective and i can validate that if i was thinking of it that way it might make me feel that way too right right validation is so soothing for people who are experiencing trauma or even talking about trauma because it helps calm down that amygdala it helps calm down the biological body so that you can do what e express yourself effectively our words mm-hmm. matter our Our thoughts matter. Our facial expressions, they matter. 80% of communication is nonverbal. That 20% that's words, those words are fragile and they have to make it out of your brain across space into the other person and be interpreted through their filters and their lenses and their hurts and pains. And miscommunication is inherent in human interaction. Absolutely. So that's the reason why being intentional about empathy and using empathy skills is so powerful to heal um, when we're talking about psychological trauma.
2: This is one of the ways in which, you know, we struggle to have the difficult conversations. And one of the things, especially when I'm coaching, you know, there's it doesn't matter what client I'm coaching. There's always someone in their life that they are putting off having this difficult conversation mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. because you know, of all those reasons, you know, I don't know how to express myself in a way that, you know, my emotions aren't blocking what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say that I'm assertive, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and I always tell people, you know, it has to come from a place of love. Yeah. And this is why you guys, if you haven't reached a place of forgiveness before you have the conversation, this will be very difficult to do. Sure. That you do have to have your, have, have reached forgiveness within yourself Yeah. before you bring it out to them. Yeah. And typically, if you're doing it backwards, it's because you're, again, trying to control the situation Mm -hmm. and you're saying, "Okay, well, I will forgive them when.
0: Yes. Or if they do this, then then I will heal or I will let I will forgive them. And that is, again, a choice. We have Mm -hmm. a choice whenever we want. We can kick in with this aspect and with this conversation because. You don't have to wait on anybody else to heal. Exactly. Come on. Matter of fact, it's nobody else's responsibility. You need no one's permission. Your psychiatrist can't do it for you. Mm -mm. Your therapist can't do it for you. Your friends, your cousin, your boo, none of them can heal for you. Absolutely. It's an internal, self-made process. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. After we lost your brother, I wasn't there for any of y'all. And- That's why I say trauma. You can walk in trauma and think that you are functioning fully and wholly when really you're not. Yeah. And it took me a while to really figure out and a lot of talking from you (laughs) about what I should do. And what I should not do. Yeah. That was one of
2: the things that I had to, going through my own growth and evolution that I had to release. And that was saving my family. Mm-hmm. Because when my older brother passed away, um, you by right, you did check out. I, that's one of the things I can never imagine what it would be like to lose a child and then still be responsible for four more while not being able to, not being able to process that, you know, how do you process that? And then knowing that you didn't have a support system that gave you, you know, the grace to do that. So for me, um, when he passed, I was just turning 13. Mm -hmm. Mm. And so I kind of inherited the older sibling role um and by way became a parent um for for my siblings and and I adopted this superwoman um mentality or mindset that made me believe that one I had to save everyone because everything was breaking around breaking down around me mm-hmm. we didn't have support you know right. um you could not do it somebody had to do it right and so I picked up a lot of responsibility that at the time wore on me a lot heavier than what I realized. And that was what I felt like was the, it was like a um, snowball Mm -hmm. that ultimately led up to why I left at 16 was because as a teenager, I felt responsible for everything that was breaking down around me while not having control of anything, Exactly. you know? And so I felt like, okay, well, in order for me to have control, I'm leaving. (laughs) if i if i want control of my life fine then i'm just gonna leave um but when i left i had a lot of resentment towards you Mm -hmm. because i felt like okay well she should have been able to do this she should have been able to do that and i had all these shoulds until i started living my life and experiencing my own breakdowns um i would say that for you one of the things that I had to challenge myself was that I did not know your story. Mm-hmm. That in order for me to forgive you, I had to stop looking at you as mama and look at you as Tammy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And when I did that, I was like, well, I don't know who my mother is. Outside of being my mother, mm-hmm. I didn't know who you were as a woman. Right. For women who are in that same boat where they're having friction with their mothers because they feel like their mothers have not met their expectations or their parents, period, Exactly. haven't met their expectations, what would you tell them if you were their parent and you could speak on behalf of their parent, what, would you, what do you think that they need to know or what do you think they need to ask to be able
1: to see things from the other side of the lake, so to speak? You know, I would say to every child that has a parent you have to remember that before this individual became your parent mm-hmm. they had a life they were you know they they were living mm-hmm. so When you came along, you got you got to realize that they had to love you because they put all of that aside. Mm. I was reading a book you had at the house earlier that said it it was easy for a person to lose their self. And I realized well, I didn't realize it this morning, but I've realized that some time ago that in the midst of raising all of my children and trying to be right for them and do what they needed to be and be with, you know, be what they needed and to help them and to bring them on, you know, I lost myself. Mm -hmm. So your parents are not going to get everything right. Don't look at what they're doing. Look at why they're doing it. You know, the same thing, You're sitting here saying to me, I did what your grandmother. Mm. You did not judge my grandma. I did what your grandmother, you know, and. It took her when she passed, Mm -hmm. like you're sitting here and you're telling me how you felt. I never got that chance. Mm. And I think about it every day. And I wish God could just give me one more day with her so I could explain to her and tell her how I felt. So I know she didn't die thinking I hated her, but I don't think she, she fully believed that we were okay. And That's something I have to live with for the rest of my life.
2: All right, you guys. So that was another powerful episode with Dr. Alana and my mother where we were talking about um, learning, learning a woman's story. What does it mean? Do you know your story? Do you know your mother's story? Do you know your father's story? Um, Really take some time to understand how the people around you got to be who they are. I have learned in my journey that one of the things that keeps me in a place of power is being able to allow people to be who they are without wanting to change them or modify them or make them be how I am. And the only way that you can really do that is by seeking to understand them instead of judging them. Yes, I know, that's not what you wanna hear. (laughs) But it is the truth. So really take some time to know what is your story And the people who raised you what is what 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 is their story and how did their story impact the way you were raised and could be influencing the patterns that you're seeing in your life now many times we're acting out in, in in ways that are considered bad behavior because this was learned behavior and many times it's generationally so Until our next episode, you guys, comment below. Tell me what you took away from this episode. Tell me how this is helping you. Most importantly, tell me how you're gonna use empathy so that you can understand the people around you a little bit better. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. Until our next um, episode in this series, I will talk to you guys later.